Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Cubs Chat is brought to you by all of our Sunranto Patreon supporters. Find out more about how you can listen early and ad-free at patreon.com slash sunranto that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash s-o-n-r-a-n-t-o become a patron today for as little as a dollar and support Cubs podcasting here's the show I guess it would help if I uh, unmuted my my little microphone here. Uh, let me know if you can hear me or not. I'm waiting for infield flag girl to come on through in a little bit. Um, I'm using, I, I've unfortunately lost my stupid AirPods. They're somewhere, some uh, in my apartment. I don't know where, so I'm on some old school headphones and hopefully it sounds okay. But hey, man. Uh, Hello? Am I back on? All right. I don't know if you guys can hear me at all, but uh, it, it's like, uh, you know, Bill, come in and tell me if I'm heard. Bill, if you guys can hear me now, I, I noticed I kept muting and unmuting somehow. People are harding and piecing, and so it seems like you can help. Bill, can you unmute yourself, and can I hear you? Yes, I can now hear you. All right, cool. Yeah, it, I don't know what's going on with my phone. Everything's wrong. But I don't know what you guys heard of what I said, but I'm, I'm shocked that the Cubs won that one. I am uh, I thought we were going to go into the All-Star break with 10 straight losses. I really didn't have a whole heck of a lot of uh, – I mean, I thought we were going to lose, what was it, 11 straight? or No, we had lost 10 straight before. This time it was nine straight. Um, even though we're playing – we're playing good teams tough. I don't know if you guys heard me say that before. I hate to repeat myself, but we're playing good teams tough. That those Mets games uh, in this series, the games against the Dodgers, those games against the Brewers, the games we played against Atlanta. I mean, I don't know if you can take any solace out of the Cubs' first hand, first half performance by looking at some of like the margins of victory or margins of loss I should say in some of these games and not feel too bad like we lost yesterday by one run twice we won today by one run got our butts kicked on Thursday but you know what you're gonna do uh it's like but you look at those games against the Dodgers and they were all two or one run games and um so the anyway, I I want to hear what you guys think. If you are, are if you would like to speak and have anything to say about where you're at, I mean, I wanted to host this 
space right now because we're at the halfway point. Well, a little bit over the halfway point, but we call the all-star break the halfway point and just kind of like take stock in how we're all feeling right now about this team and where your fandom lies and what you're looking for the rest of the year. But um, Bill, you're already a speaker. You want to chime in and just tell me where kind of where you're at or where you just tried to help me out and let me know I wasn't heard before. Yeah, mine, uh, I don't know, my, my fandom is uh, somewhat like, you know, back in the early 2010s, you know, and, you know, baseball's my favorite sport. I love it, but I get too upset to watch them, you know, how many times can you leave runners in scoring position? How many times can you hit into double plays? How many times can I curse the names of, say, Bodie or Swindell or, you know, take take the other folks, which seem like genuinely decent dudes, but we're not going to win any playoff games with them. So, you know, literally I, I, I've been doing what I call my Chicago Bears strategy of I, I DVR the games. If nothing else is going on, it's like the first four or five until I get, you know, find my blood pressure rising, like when they had the bases loaded in the fourth today and did nothing with it. And then I just, uh, you know, I turn it off, do something else. Yeah. Yeah. I, and uh, it, it doesn't help. Like, I, I must admit, like, this was a week. I, the Coom Dog is off on the radio. Coom Dog isn't uh, broadcasting. So they got Zaidman and Pat. So I can't, like, I can't take nine innings of that. And then <laughs> I go over to the TV and Boog is talking about some celebrity he met once or something. And so finally, I, you know, the Mets, they have a great broadcast. And I actually got – they sat there and they made fun of all the runs that were scored with low exit velocity today during the broadcast. And I'm like, maybe I'm a Mets fan now or I'm at least a fan of their broadcast. But it was just – it was like a – just been tough to be a Cubs fan late, lately. But – um you know, you talk about the runners in scoring position, Bill. That's one thing they were talking about on the Mets broadcast. Second to last in the major leagues batting average with runners in scoring position, 221. Now, that hurts real bad, but especially because you've seen a lot of it. They have 828 at-bats with runners in scoring position, which is the second most in the major leagues right behind the Red Sox, the Pirates are the only worst team uh, with a batting average below the Cubs, a batting average of 220 with runners in scoring position. The Reds, uh, who were tied uh, with last place, I don't know, did the Reds win today? We might still be tied with them. But the Reds, number one with runners in scoring position, 278. So it doesn't always matter, but it matters. Um, so uh, I wanted to go through some stats here. Uh, just kind of take a look at and I and please like chime in if you got something to say just request the mic I'll let you in I'll make you a speaker I'm throwing this space because I figured we all need to commiserate after uh, this week but um, well just I, just one one mini comment before you get started and please dear God don't throw out some boogie at us uh <laughs> <laughs> You know, the Cubs made a conscious offense, a conscious effort since last trade deadline, and of course to dump payroll. But we don't want everybody to be a one true outcome team. We want contact hitters. Well, 
all we've got now are contact hitters that hit ground balls into double plays. And there has to be a little better balance. And well, yeah, yeah. Some guys that can get hits and then someone that can conceivably try to drive a ball over the fence. Well, that was supposed to be wisdom, um, but he it, he doesn't have quite enough pop to justify the amount of strikeouts. But, you know, we're getting up. Well, Paul, for- Paul's every at bat, zero and two. Every goddamn at bat, he's zero and two, and he's supposed to watch his pitches go by. Yeah, well, I I just don't think he's all that talented. Like they find the hole in his swing. The book gets out on the guy, and he's got to readjust. The other one that can hit it out of the park that will be gone soon, according to uh, Cub uh, media consensus, is Wilson Contreras. He's the other one that's supposed to be uh, knocking it out of the the park. And uh, you know, he's in like uh, he had that the the hit today, but um, for the most part, he's been what two for his last thirty four or something like that. So that's not going to get the job done either. But um, I uh, uh, yeah, just, just for my curiosity, Danny, uh, how did the Cubs end up ahead? Because I was watching this for a while. I just assumed we were going to lose two to one. Couple of like infield, you know that what they call a seeing eye single. They right. had, they had two of those, and then uh, a little bunt, and uh, that and that got the job done. <laughs> so I mean, that's a uh, and then uh, then they had here. I'll, so what looks like screaming line drives on the box score. Yeah, no, there wasn't really a hard hit ball amongst them. They were all pretty much uh, just kind of uh, little. They were base hits, you know, and nobody really drove the ball. There wasn't an extra base hit that happened in there. Uh, yeah, but they got the job done, and a lot of it was because, I mean, the Mets offense, you know, looked somewhat anemic um, all all weekend. So in in many respects, it felt like – we could have won at least half of these games um, if, if our offense decided to show up at all. Um, yeah, I'm looking at it right here. The uh, the bottom of the eighth goes like this. Morrell, once again, right in the middle of amazingness. He's the, one of the only reasons to watch this team right now. Singles. Wilson Contreras singles. Um, then uh, Ian Happ grounds out softly, of course. But... It scores Morel. That was the little bunt situation. Then Seiya Suzuki popped out, and then it was two outs, and then Nico Horner came up with a big hit that drove in Wilson Contreras, and it was close at the plate. He was hustling his ass off to get home. So, But I want to go through um, – I just invited infield fly girl. IFT, welcome. You are now co-host, so you can pop in whenever you – you want here, but I wanted to go through some first half stats. We'll call it the first half, even though it's technically not. The Cubs are thirty-five and fifty-seven. They're eighteen and thirty-two at home, and seventeen and twenty-five on the road. So they played less games on the road, but they're they've won just as many, and they've lost more at home so far. They're five and eleven in July so far. Uh, 10 and 17 in June. That's a 370 winning percentage. So that sucked. The best month so far has been a 12 and 16 May, which is a 429 win loss percentage. And April was pretty abysmal with an 8 and 13. Um, in extra inning games, we saw that a bunch this weekend. They've been terrible. I'm wondering about people's thoughts. Somebody today on Twitter said, I blame Ross for the reason that the Cubs are 3 and 11. 
in extra inning games. They cannot score the courtesy flusher, or I mean courtesy runner. And uh, yeah, so three and eleven is pretty terrible. Um, they're ten and eighteen in one run games. So that's actually, uh, I mean, it's pre- pretty consistent with what they've been doing regularly. Um, they've eleven and seventeen in blowouts. Four and twelve in interleague. We're playing the East, remember? So it hasn't gone well. And when you look at the teams that uh, Baltimore has swept the series so far, LA zero and seven. The Yankees won the season series zero and three, so we didn't get any wins off of those teams. But teams that we've done pretty well off of, we beat Boston two uh, to one. We we beat Cincinnati so far. We beat Milwaukee so far. Um, Pirates have our number. Uh, we're even with St. Louis. And, um, I mean, so we're playing well in our own crappy division, I guess. But on, against the powerhouse like the AL East, it's been pretty terrible. So there's, like, just some first-half stats to chew on. Um, but about the extra inning idea, uh, why is it so hard for the Cubs to score the courtesy flusher? I mean, runner. Anybody want to chime in on their feelings on that? You got anything IFG on this? Like, what is it? It's like that adds into the runners in scoring position issues. Are you there? I think you're muted. I can't hear you. I'm going to bring on Sergeant Makasupa. As a speaker, let's see if we can hear you. I couldn't hear you, IFG. I don't know if you guys can hear me. Hopefully you can. I'm on. Yeah, we can Danny. You're on, or you're on. Sergeant Makasuka. Jacob, What's, how are uh, you? I hell of a lot better after we flew that W. <laughs> were, were you as shocked as I was that they were able to pull out pull out some late-inning heroics? Y- yeah, I, I screwed up and texted a friend three outs, and, uh, and then I was all like, oh, shit. <laughs> but it, we, we don't have a clutch bat. We, I mean, like Nico is developing into that. Um, we don't have a clutch bat. We don't have, and you need at least three or four to at least get to to be to be able to get that runner across. That's my thoughts. We just don't have we don't have the the clutch. We don't have a, a clutch shutdown bullpen. We don't have a clutch uh, hitter. That can just that just rakes, not necessarily hits dingers, but just you know consistently makes contact. Hopefully, Sayak can provide that for us. You know what's strange about you mentioned the bullpen, and obviously the bullpen is giving up runs late in these extra inning games. But uh, at the same time, the Cubs lead the major leagues out of the bullpen in strikeouts, which is kind of a strange thing. Um, you know, you would think that having strikeout pitchers in your bullpen would give you an edge in those situations because you can't move the runner that well over to third and get them closer to home. But, um, yeah, it's just kind of one of those strange anomalies. Like like the other day when I saw that the Cubs had hit in the Dodgers. And I was like, what? How do they have more hits than the Dodgers? Just like a strange anomaly. But. I mean, is it that they get tight, though? I mean, I get you the clutch idea, but it seems like you have your 
I mean, Nico, Wilson, Morrell in that moment, you know, it's it's like the other stat that I saw was the walk-off win stat. Um, where did I see that before? Forget what it was. We have way more walk-off losses than wins. And Oh, yeah, here it is. Five walk-off losses to only one walk-off win. Um so that's, I mean, it just seems like, I think you're right about that clutch thing, but I mean, it seems like we have guys that could do it. It's just like they play tight in that, in like when the chips are down and um, they can't get it done. Uh, well, we they're, got, they're I, really young. What's that? Well, they're, I mean, we're really young. The, we had Zobrist, you know, for those couple of years and he, and like, that's the type of hitter that we need. Nick, Nico needs time to develop into that. And, you know, I mean, but yeah, it, it is what it is. I'll let everybody else talk now. Go Cubs. Yeah, I wanted to bring David Elliott on. He was next. And then we got Mark Yakulo. David, how are you? Hey. Um, yeah, Sunday. I don't. Hey, happy Sunday to you. What you, what you got? What do you, what's your thoughts uh, on this idea? Or you got something else? I, I the, the, the Manfred man thing and not being able to bring him home is, it's just <laughs> so obvious the problem. It's like, what was that? Uh, I think it was last night, right? Where they had, they brought in Nelson Velasquez to pinch run and he stole third and then they got two strikeouts. And, yeah. You know, which isn't about, really the MO of this team. They're well, no, pretty much a but, contact team. And then all of a sudden, but when the chips are down, they strike and, out, it seems. Yeah. And then all, literally all you have to do is advance a runner 90 feet. I mean, do put the ball in play. Do something. I have that just, stat for you. I have that stat for you. The Cubs are leading the major leagues in striking out with runners in scoring position. So this is not just an eyeball test situation. If it's not scoring position, the Cubs now see they've changed their mo. I think a lot of it is Patrick Wisdom and Wilson Contreras as of late. Um, but they're now have fourth most strikeouts in the league. But with runners in scoring position, the anomaly is that they do strike out quite a bit, um, quite a bit. Okay, well, you. more than every other team, at least. So that's something right there. Um, yeah, yeah, but what's their what bat velocity you? while they're striking out? What's that, Bill? What's their bat velocity while they're striking out? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I'm sure what it is. Boog on this call. Boog could tell us. Boog knows their bat velocity. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's strange. But I just wonder if that's like the young team concept here that's at play when you're saying, um, OK, you want to get the big hit for the team. You want to be the guy that like drives, you know, is the new folk hometown hero. And um, maybe you're just trying too hard. Maybe you're just a little over your skis about it and you're, you get tight. I mean, there was that one sack fly that Christopher Morrell had that everybody was, uh, you know, uh, when Wilson told them to breathe and he did and he hit the sack fly and it got the job done. Um, you know, it, it's those moments that maybe – I don't know. Somebody said the other day about it was Ross's fault. And I can see how you can maybe micromanage certain things. And if you maybe looked at every single situation and say, this is where David Ross screwed it up, then maybe you can make a case for that. Um, but it does feel like he's playing it out behind 
And maybe he's just not like playing his odds right. Or maybe he's just too crappy to win in extra innings. I don't know. Mark uh, Yakulo, Chicago singer, actor, and diehard Cubs and Bears fan. Why don't you come on and uh, let us know what you, what you got going on? How you doing? Hey, Danny. How you doing? Good. How are you, Mark? I'm good, man. Um, well, I feel much better that the All-Star break is coming up and we just got a win finally. That's good. Um, but I think my main thing is that just after this whole week, and it's not just this week. I think it's just a, I guess it's just the micro system uh, of like this whole season, not just with like extra ends, but just runners in scoring position. I, I don't know if you mentioned this in past like spaces, but since 2012, I don't think they've been ranked higher than like 21st and with runners in scoring position. So this has been a decade long issue. So I don't know if like mentally they're aware of it. And it's just like every time there's someone on second and third, they like are just shitting bricks. But like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's like a, it's a mental thing. Like I've, I've noticed like they press, they, they try to Wilson Contreras in particular tries to swing for the fences a lot. Uh, Ian Happ, same thing. Like we can talk about his play discipline being much better this year, but he seems to suck in those situations as well. I mean, so yeah, I I don't know what Jed and Carter are gonna do when it comes to like restructuring this team so that they can score people in that you know when they're in that position. But if it's been going on for this long, I I, I don't really know what else they could do. Well, the runner from third thing is the really annoying thing with less than two outs and not getting that guy home in any way possible, uh, any way possible you can, especially when you um, the consider uh, like somebody like Javier Baez, like almost knew it. And he's like, OK, that's it. I'm going to take this into my my own hands and just steal home. I'm looking at the 2016 Cubs stats and where they ranked with runners in scoring position. And um, I tell you, it's it's um, oh god, they had the third most strikeouts with runners in scoring position. This is 2016 Cubs, and they had the tenth worst batting average at 252, which is still 32 points higher than this year so far with runners in scoring position. Tenth worst, and that's the 2016 uh, Cubs that we're talking about. Now, back then, I remember that the excuse of it all was well. We got a lot of runners in scoring position because we're so good. And that's what, you know, everybody was like, so don't worry about it because we're scoring a lot of runs. Well, this this team is not really doing that as much. Um, so it's it has been frustrating. But, like, how is it is it just knowing baseball situations? Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, situational, like when to get the ball in the air, just score the damn run. I, that baseball IQ and just the idea of like, do they have the winner's mentality? I mean, cause a lot of these guys are like getting their first real shot. So obviously they might not have as much experience, but then the question is, well, is it experience or do they just not have that mentality to get the runner in? Yeah. And it might be, I mean, as you said, like maybe, they don't, it, maybe they don't have the talent to get the runner. To in. Get to, yeah. I call bullshit on this whole concept of baseball IQ. You don't make it up to any major league team if you can't figure out if there's a guy in scoring position. I should probably get a goddamn hit. I agree with that. I mean, and and not only and hit them where they ain't. Like get the hit you need. Um, and and like for example, we make fun of the the uh, Ian Happ's little swinging bunt situation that scored the tying run today was uh, eighty miles per hour off the bat. 
And so, but it got the job done. I don't care if it's 120 miles per hour off the bat and banging off the back wall because it got the freaking job done. So, and that's the name of the game. As Lee Elias said, you hit the ball, you catch the ball, you get the fucking job done. I'm looking at the Cubs individual stats with runners in scoring position. And you'll be sad to know that the number one batting average with runners in scoring position belongs to Jonathan VR. So only 25 at bats in 23 games that it happened in, but um, an average of 360. Then you move down to Narciso Crook, Alfonso Rivas, who's been quote unquote clutch in his 43 at bats at runners in scoring position. He's actually driven in 23. Um, but then it falls off pretty consistently to Jackson Frazier, uh, the artist formerly known as Clint. Um, Seiya Suzuki is the only quote-unquote regular when he's not been hurt, batting 267 then, 261 for Willie, 254 for Nico, 244 for Ian Happ. And then uh, the regulars that really haven't uh, performed – we haven't seen much of Bodie, but I think we can all agree that it hasn't been good with runners in scoring position. The person who's had the most at-bats with runners in scoring position is Patrick Wisdom, and he's batting two ten. So if you're looking for a place to upgrade the middle of your lineup when with runners on, I think look no further than Mr. Patrick Wisdom. Um, we're about at the halfway point of this chat, so I thought I'd bring Everett Everett Yokeman, real quick, to do our uh, mid-game yodeling. Um, I'm going to add you as a speaker, Everett. And um, you know, if, if you guys, is, if this is your first uh, rant, Sun Ranto Ranter space, I should Hello, say Mr. that I, this is all part of this. Hold on, hold on, one second, little Everett. Uh, this is pa- all part of the Sun Ranto show. We go live throughout the year. Follow at Sun Ranto, and you can. Uh, pick up everything that we do uh and little everett there you are so uh it, you've been coming in on these spaces and you've been singing us a little number at the halfway point yep we've i've been loving it you are a very talented young yodeler and i know there's a big future in it for you yep so what what do you got for me it's calypso by john Deber. Let's hear it. I Calypso when you're spending with the stories you tell. I Calypso your spirits when you are serving so long and so well. Oh, he went up there. Very nice. You're, you're, you're the John Vincent of yodelers. Little Everett, you know, he holds that note really, really long at the end of the anthem. You, you hold it at the really long at the end of your yodeling. Very, very nice job. Um, Little Everett, everybody, a round of applause. That was, that was amazing. 
Yeah, no, he can yodel. I mean, there's I, actually I've never really heard anybody yodel so consistently over a period of time, um, except for like when I watched Sound of Music a bunch of times in a row as a kid. So, um, all right, get back to the cups. Thank you, Little Everett, for uh, cle- cleansing the palate of all that stuff. I want to talk about a couple more things. I'm going to switch gears here instead of talking about the Cubs' abysmal performance with runners and. Scoring position, and um, you know that's what. What's wrong with Wilson Contreras? I mean, he got the the hit today. That was a big hit, but it's been bad. He looks uh, like he's having a tough time of it. Uh, two for his last thirty four. Everybody knows he's getting traded, including him. And um, I'm just I'm just wondering, like, do you think that's what's affecting him, or uh, I mean, or is it something else? I mean, it's it, I mean. It's got to be it, right? And then to add on to that question, Mark, I saw you on mute, but I just wanted to follow you follow up the question. Is that who else do you think is feeling that pressure? And what other Cubs do you think are absolutely out the door? So, Mark, you can go ahead. I saw you on mute. All over Chicagoland, there are thirsty, frazzled, overworked Cubs podcasters who are struggling to survive one more baseball season in the dog-eat-dog world of unpaid content creation. But it doesn't have to be this way. You can make a difference. Become a super ranter at patreon.com slash sunranto where your support ensures that poor, sad, pathetic, ugly, loser Cubs podcasters can pay for tickets and beer and in turn line the pockets of the baseball agarch Ricketts family. Just $1 a month can buy a scorecard. $5 a month can pay for guitar strings to write a Cubs song. And $10 a month almost buys one beer at Wrigley Field. Cubs content creators are the lowest pieces of pond scum garbage that slither over the face of this planet. But super ranters help them get drunk and screw off at baseball games. What do you get out of it? The Sun Ranto Show, delivered to your podcatcher without stupid advertisements like the one you're seeing and hearing right now. Plus, at other Super Ranter levels, you can get Cubs music, access to private Sun Ranto pages, the Ranter calendar, and special thanks and Ranter recognition in our live broadcasts, plus eligibility for monthly prizes. What does Sun Ranto get out of it? Your money. For tickets and beer. Go to patreon.com slash sunranto. That's patreon.com slash sunranto. And become a super ranter today. This is a Cubs fan buying tickets from the Cubs. And this is a Cubs fan buying tickets through the StubHub link at sunranto.com slash StubHub, knowing that 4% of their ticket purchase will go to the Sunranto show instead of into the pockets of rich corporate douchebags. Buy all your tickets through sunranto.com slash StubHub. Don't worry, it won't cost you a single penny extra. It don't stink to click our link. This is an Amazon shopper buying things from Amazon. 
And this is an Amazon shopper buying things through the links at sunranto.com slash Amazon, knowing that up to 10% of their purchase will go to the Sunranto show instead of that cocksucker Jeff Bezos, who will just use the money to go to space. Plus, if you buy all your Amazon items through sunranto.com slash Amazon, you could win a monthly prize. sunranto.com slash StubHub and sunranto.com slash Amazon. Two great ways to support the Sunranto show while sticking it to evil corporations who suck. And it won't cost you a single penny. It don't stink to click our link. Like, who do you think has value, like sneaky value? Like, can they trade Frank Schwindel, for example? Like, is like is there a market for Patrick Wisdom and his bit of pop and strikeouts? Like, is... Can you find somebody to take that crazy deal? And I'm just curious to see if anybody else has any kind of like, I don't know, weirder trade proposals. I mean, out of the pitching, I don't know. uh, It's not the same as last year where the Cubs were really able to move a lot of guys like Chafin and Tapera. This year, we don't have – it hasn't gone as well. Like David Robertson's got the ERA under two. He pitched two days in a row. He got the job done today. And it didn't go very well in Milwaukee last week. Kind of felt like it was dinging his trade value. Daniel Norris didn't work out. So nobody's going to want him. They already DFA'd him. He's actually has four losses on the team the year. They also uh, DFA'd, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Lighter. Was it Lighter that they did? No, Swarmer. Same difference. Doesn't matter. But do you think that they, they, like, can they find anybody for Smiley damaged goods? Can they find anybody for somebody like Adrian Sampson, who's got some some experience, at least in the major leagues? I'm just wondering if, besides those guys, anybody have anything there? If not, we can move on. I'll ask something else. Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe Rafael Ortega said he can hit lefties or, or is, is it righties I forget it's like one side is like bad well, much better I, than the other I, I think about that too Bill about Ortega and he's been you know pretty good as like he's got some experience but like don't teams already have that guy that like off the bench fourth outfielder <laughs> like isn't that like a thing that like people are pretty rich in in the major leagues I'm just you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, like the one thing which really stands out to me the last couple of seasons is one, we need Tommy Pham to come in and slap the shit out of Hoyer for trying to think he's a good front office dude for his fantasy MLB team here. But, you know, the whole concept of you don't have consistent players consistently playing the positions out in the field which I think leads to a lot of the defensive crap we, which we're seeing. I mean, it, it used to be left field was was the position that you, all right, we'll, we'll let five or six people play out and left, but for the most part, everyone else will will be the same. And, you know, we don't really have a, uh, what, maybe Suzuki in right field, he's like probably, you know, the only one that consistently always plays in the same position. And of course, they have somehow deemed Nico as he's our shortstop. And 
my only slam about Nico is there's quite a few balls that he dives for and just misses badly, which I think had you just taken one or two more steps, he might get to it. You know, he, I, I think Nico would be much better at second base, but then, you know, who are you going to put it at short then to start botching throws to first? At you, me, every single Cubs fan in the universe, except for maybe David Ross and Jed Hoyer, think that Nico Horner should be the second baseman. I mean, you're preaching to the choir here. Like, there's no doubt in all of our minds. You know, we've been saying that on Sun Ranto. I know I invited Michael. Michael Cotton's here. He's out watching uh, games with his – or uh, seeing colleges with his son. Um, so, But I told him about this space if he had time to come in. But it, I've heard Michael say that exact thing many, many times that Nico Horner has no business being the starting shortstop of this team except for by, by default. Um, he's he's not bad at it. He's certain, but he's certainly not a Gold Glover. As long as the ball hit right to him. Yeah, well, he's like it's like the Dar- Darwin Barney effect. You know, it's like he didn't make an yeah, error, he, but you know. been, right. If, if Barney played short, he'd be Nico Horner. Except, you know, <laughs> I, I think Nico's better than that. But I I get your I I think the comp is still right. But um, uh, we got uh, let's see. So, Cotton, you're you're in here now. If you want to unmute, if you got something to say about, it. also got Cub Druggist, who I believe was at the game today. If one of you guys wants to unmute and jump in here. You are correct. I'm at the game, and I'm coming live to you from Bernie's Tap and Grill across from the park. Oh, nice. Well, uh, what's the scene? Jubilant, I take it, with our our I mean, grand I victory won after today. A while, but it was a stupendous victory. Uh, it was the most boring game I've ever been at until about the seventh inning, and then uh, we finished up good, so we're on there. <laughs> well, good. Uh, well, definitely had people like, yeah, we much prefer you we're, we're 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 losing you a little bit. I think it has to, something to do with the background noise, but oh, I'm sure it is. But yeah, so uh, yeah, good game. Enjoy listening. Uh, keep on rolling. Thanks, man. Uh, have a beer for all of us and enjoy yourself. And uh, I'm glad you brought us a victory today. Uh, we owe we we owe it all to you. So, uh, Mr. Cotton, come on in here and unmute yourself. I know you're chomping at the bit to give us your two cents. I'm doing my best here, man. I'm uh, I'm parking in uh, Norman, Oklahoma. I'm down in uh, oh, what what's that Cubs group down in Oklahoma? Uh, I believe it's called Cubs fans in Oklahoma. <laughs> oh, dude, they they put all their all their creativity into that name. <laughs> well, it's truth in advertising. Did, were you able to catch today's game? I, I know that you were probably pretty excited that it did not end up going extra innings. No, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch any of this one, which is the one that they won. So maybe that's all me. But uh, yeah, you're not allowed to watch anymore. Yeah. So I'm listening to the conversation, and my question is: Why isn't anybody talking about Ian Happ? Has he ever been more valuable than he is right this second? And why why aren't they sending him down the road for a couple of teenagers? Well, you, you got to wonder. I mean, it seems like, doesn't it seem like they've been not wanting to pull the trigger on any extensions, like almost by 
um, design almost by process. They don't want to do it. Um, like they're always going to be playing the youth movement. Like they're the rays in, it's just how it seems like they're going about it. Maybe they'll, if they can put together a good enough core, they'll add your John Lester to the mix a couple of years down the line. But uh, I, I don't, I think they're just content if they can't trade him. I mean, I get, you got a couple of years left on Ian Happ, but he's going to start getting paid soon. And even when they made that decision on Schwarber, who, uh, you know, they were like, they'd rather pay, they'd rather let him walk than pay the eight, eight mil. And that turned out to be a, a ginormous mistake. Right. Um, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like, we, we all know, look, Ian Happ's having a great season, and I'm super happy about that. But we've all seen him struggle through five years of up and down and up and down. And this is, this is the high point of his career. He's an all-star. Like, why wouldn't he? This is the best time in the world to trade him because what's the point of keeping him? He's not your best player. Uh, yeah, I think they just – they're going to need some kind of veteran know-how down the road. I mean, I guess uh, – that, but they would have to lock him up. Like, they would have to lock him up for – like, give him a decent contract. Hey, maybe – I don't know if he's the guy, if he's waiting to get, like, I don't know, really paid because I don't know that any team's going to do that for him at this right. point. And he's the only person that would accept – the extension right and so we're going to be stuck with Ian Happ for the next like seven years because they wouldn't extend uh Wilson Contreras and all the other guys were just like nah we're, we're gonna peace out because we're none of us want to do this uh rebuild thing that you got planned they had no problem like locking up Bodie <laughs> you know because he was super cheap and it just seems like if he well, and, and, were to want to take a deal. And Bodie knew that was going to be his best option. And, and same with probably Hendricks, too. Yeah, it could be because uh, you kind of saw the writing on the wall. And, like, I'm looking at uh, half right. stats hey, from I'm last gonna, year. I got to mute here for a little bit. I got to go walk through. Yeah, like, do it. Okay, okay. I'm looking for at half stats from last year. And then I, I'm going to bring Jack in, too. Uh, but in, in the first half, of last year, he batted 183 with a 296 OBP. He slugged 330 for an OPS of 626. That's in the first half, as determined by the All Star break. In the second half, it was much, much better. His batting average was like nearly 80 points higher. His OBP was 54 points higher, and he slugged nearly. Well, no, more than 200 points higher. He hit 16 home runs in the second half. In two less games where he hit nine in the first half. So like I'm, I'm looking at uh, Ian Happ, but I, I agree with you. Uh, I think that if you can get, if you're not going to do anything it, by in the next two years, you got to just trade him for at a time when you feel like it's the best, like they should, like they should have traded Schwarber when he had a good year, you know, same thing because they've fallen too in love with their guys or you lock up half now, but I think I, I just don't think the Cubs are going to extend anyone, but by design. Jack, you're yeah. in here. How you doing? You got something on this? Good. How are you? Yeah. No, Hap's one of my favorite guys, and I, I think I think you're absolutely right. Where 
you really have two options. One, you extend him now or you trade him now. I think anything else is just not the right move. Like Ian Happ's at his highest value of his career right now. If you're, if he's, also, Ian Happ means a lot more to other teams in 2023 than the Chicago Cubs, which I don't know like what we're looking at next year, but it's certainly not a World Series contender. So, I mean, I, I, th- I think I think you either got to lock him up for another six years right now, give him his money, or you have to trade him at his high. Because the last thing you want is to go into next season, he's doesn't have as good of a year, and then you're at the deadline next year and you're trading him for less. Like I, I think you got to make a decision on him right now or you're making a bad decision if you're not doing one of those two things yeah it seems that way i mean ian happ feels like he would be not a star on your team but a really great role player and i know that like as a person he's a kind of a leader um he's an interesting human being he's got the the podcast he's uh he's the union rep um he's sells coffee like he he's he's he uh, engages with the fans which i think we all appreciate so he ends up being a fan favorite because of it but um you know i think that he could be a great role player on somebody's team and uh be somebody that could really plug into a good group of guys and make himself known i don't know if he's somebody that you build around it's like maybe around not even around with you build with like somebody like Happ and Suzuki. You build with. Um, it was interesting today. Just like um, you have Christopher Morel now, and so you kind of saw Happ take a similar sort of trajectory uh, into the major leagues, where he was well, not similar because Happ was a first round pick and Morel came out of nowhere, but. Um, that you know, second base, center field, move him over to left. Like can kind of do a bunch of things, but Morel seems to be better at those things, more athletic in general. And um, I was listening to Ron Darling today, uh, listening to the Mets broadcast, and he was just in love with Morel. Just loved the way he ran, the way he played the field, the way his approach at the plate, and it just seemed uh, like you know, th- there's like a certain sort of star quality and factor to that that I do wonder if uh, there's a there's kind of a uh, like maybe a little bit of a pressure on Hap at this point when you see somebody like Morel or that we don't need somebody like Hap if you want to build on a younger more exciting Morel. And so I think that there's because Morel has opened so many eyes maybe that makes Hap's worth somewhat different. Um, Uncle yeah. Mike is in the room uh, but Jack, uh, yeah, finish up uh, your thought there. Yeah, Danny. One last point. I think I think that's great. But when you look at like the in, to make the case for trading tra- trading half, which I don't necessarily want to do, you look at our top four prospects. You've got Brennan Davis, you've got Pete Crow Armstrong, Kevin Alcantara, Owen Casey, all outfielders. Yeah, you already got one space locked up with Suzuki. Morel. I guess you can move Morel around, but he still plays center field. Yeah, so third he, baseman, technically. Yeah, third baseman, second base, outfield. Like, but when you look at our prospects, you got a lot of you got a lot of outfielders as the as the top one. So maybe that goes against the case for for Hap. But yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, and, and I wouldn't say it's against Hap. Like, it's just you know, it's more the, about Hap just being 
I, I just think that you got a couple of things. You got by design that they don't ever lock anybody up and tr- try to overpay when for anybody's old man years. There's that. And then there's the other side of it that, um, you know, maybe he just doesn't fit into the squad of the future. He's Theo's guy, not Jed's guy. And I don't know, might have something to do with it. Um, but uh, Uncle Mike, uh, notorious Mets fan, is in the room here. And uh, uh, Uncle Mike, if you want to. Uh, unmute yourself uh, and uh, join our conversation. Uh, Uncle Mike, uh, coming to us out of Los Angeles, California, but but via New York, where he he's the probably the only Mets fan in this Cubs chat here. Because <laughs> I invited him. <laughs> hey guys, uh, I'm doing pretty good. Cotton Rocket, all the Cub fans in the house. I see some familiar names of what's up, Uncle people. Mike? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. My Thai guy, I know I think we're following each other on Twitter. Uh, you know what? I, I, I'll say this. You know, I, I think we had a conversation when we did the, the show the other day, the preview show. We had a conversation, and I think it goes something like, so, Uncle Mike, what, what's your prediction for the weekend? And I said 3-1. and one. And I think, Rocket, you said 0-4 oh, or something, you know, really crazy. Yeah, I said, uh, no, I said the Cubs get swept is what I said. Yeah, you, you said the Cubs get swept. swept. That's not but, crazy of a thing to think. We did almost get swept, you know. But but if you look at it, these, I mean, outside of the, you know, the first, the Thursday, was Thursday night game, which was the eight, you know, that's an aberration. It happened. But if you look at the rest of this, I mean, those games just yesterday as – they were good games. They were good. If, if, if you're a baseball fan, those are the games you kind of like, you really do like. I mean, it, it was, you know, uh, it was a pitcher's duel throughout throughout the, 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 at least, you know, five, six innings of both of those games. And then, you know, for those games to go into extra innings where, you know, honestly, you know, uh, uh, a, a drop ball here, a, a drop throw here, uh, you know, a single there, those games were tight. So this series could have easily been, you know, 3-1 in the other direction. I, I think we got a lot lucky. Uh, I would like to also think we played some good defense, you know, uh, Especially, yeah, that Escobar to to J.D. Davis, you know, combination was just incredible, you know. Um, But but they were good, you know. It's funny, the only game I I actually watched on TV was today, and and the Mets lost. The other games, I was in and out, running around town, in the car. I was in the Trader Joe's parking lot listening to the you know the game last night. That went, you know, yesterday, okay, the, the night game. So I really didn't see a lot, but I did listen to a lot of it, and it was exciting. I thought it was a great series. Of course, I'm going to sit here and go, I'm happy we we you know we we won the series, but I, I also you know can say you know when we talked about the shoe dropping is that you know what we need we need to hit. You know, and, and there were some 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 places where we just could not score runs. And to be a good team, if, you, if we're talking, you know, playoffs and, and moving forward and, and beating teams like the you know, Dodgers and beating teams like the Cardinals and, and Atlanta on a consistent basis on our way to, and even the Marlins, because the Marlins team play is tough as well. We have to hit and we have to find a way to to – to get back to how we were in the very beginning of the year, which was we played a lot of small ball. We weren't hitting a, a ton of home runs, but we were we were moving the line, so to speak. Where you know, and we have to get back to that. This series, you know, 
it was it was to me it was three close games. You know what? One 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 two run games on decided the games. So uh, well, hats you, off the, to you guys the, for hanging in. You know the the Cubs have been they got a young team um, in some respects and a lot of guys just playing. Uh, to try to pick up with somebody else, maybe eventually, or hold on and make a little bit of major league money before the game says goodbye to them, is kind of what the Cubs are right now. And so, but you look at the Mets, and you know, you just have a completely different person now. And yes. it's it's like you're really going for it. You've got some really high end, top line pitchers that you threw us and the Cubs didn't do bad against Scherzer. I, you know, in many respects, I feel like no, not at all. I'm kind of proud of the way they played the Mets and I'm proud of the way that they played the Dodgers. Cause they weren't, you're right. They were all really tight games. Yeah. And you wonder if, and this is what pisses off Cubs fans right now, because we weren't that far away from a really good fucking team. Mm-hmm. We weren't, we were a couple pieces away and they didn't do shit. Instead, they cut payroll. And that's what makes us so mad. They're like, oh, we're going to raise ticket prices. We're going to raise beer prices. We're going to raise hot dog prices. We're going to cut payroll on you motherfuckers. And you're going to like it. And then we're going to trade all your favorite players by August 2nd. And then it's going to be three more years until you're rocking at Wrigley again. And we might lose 100 games and eat shit. Cubs fans keep lining our pockets. Uh, you suckers, and that's kind of what it feels like to us right now because we we're playing you guys tough. If they had signed, yes, you guys signed Scherzer. We didn't sign Scherzer. Why didn't we sign Scherzer? Because Ricketts is fucking cheap. Now, do I think it's smart to sign a uh, for forty million dollars a thirty-eight year old top? Right. Um. No, probably not. But it's not my fucking money. I don't give a fuck. You know what right. I mean? Like, what do I care? It's like, yeah. You. you know, I totally agree. If you're going to charge me top dollar to get into the into the the, the stadium, and you're going to charge me top dollar to get the, get a hot dog and, and to buy a beer, you know, go spend go spend the money. I totally understand that. You give me a Correa, you give me a Scherzer, you try. You maybe even if you don't do that, you you get uh, somebody like Rodon, you know, who was available right. and just like a bit of a lottery ticket because of the injury history. They didn't do any of it. They didn't even try. So it's just like. So it's just tough to for a Cub fan now to watch like them play the Mets and the Brewers and the Cardinals and the Braves and the Dodgers kind of tough and like come up with nothing. So when they yeah. you know, a big bat and a big arm or two could have really made a difference. Hey, uh, I'm gonna have to jump out of here, uh, but I just wanted to say two quick things. Uh, Jack, thank you for making the best argument for trading half that I've heard. Yes, we've got tons of outfielders. We got outfielders coming up through everything. Get rid of the guy now when you can get something for him. And uh, Uncle Mike, we were correct when we took our temperature. Uh, <laughs> three you, you and called one. three and one for the for the yeah. Mets. Called one and yeah. three for the Cubs. And yeah. uh, so we win. Danny seems like an idiot now, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> owe, owe, owe me a little faith thinking that we were going to get swept again. <laughs> Yeah, I I thought that was just a little bit uh, like a Debbie Downer the moment you had there. <laughs> I I, really, I I couldn't believe he even said that. But again, like I said, you know, you know what? Here, here's the funny thing about it. I I was listening to the broadcast today, and Gary Cohen was talking, and he said he said something to the effect like, I think it was June June 25th or maybe even July. No, June 25th. The Padres and the Dodgers were neck and neck. 
And here we are, what, a month later, you know, a, a month later or so, and they're now nine games out. So that's baseball. You know, I think they went nine and nine and 18 over that stretch. So, I mean, here's the deal. I, I believe in the all-star break bringing infinite possibilities for all teams. And it goes back to our – I'm hoping the shoe doesn't drop on the Mets and we go nine and, nine and 18. But at the same token, I think you guys could be optimistic about how you play this in the series. And if you guys go, if you guys go 18 and nine coming out of the all-star break, yeah, I'm sure you'll be happy about that. You know. Well, we we, we just kind of want to win baseball games because we're Cubs fans. We're just not, we're unhappy about the overall direction of the team right now because it feels like we're getting duped, and that's just kind of what's been tough. Uh, so I kind of want to just put this out there to everybody. I got to wrap this up. I got uh, a great comedian named Billy DeBoer coming over to that. I'm in Cincinnati right now, actually. Oh, cool. At my fiance's uh, mom's house. And we're, I'm, I'm going to make us uh, some burgers and brats and stuff. So uh, Billy DeVore will be here momentarily, and then i gotta, I got to wrap it up. So, But I, the only thing I wanted to ask uh, to kind of wrap this up is, what are you guys looking for in the second half? But what, what, what are you looking for that you're excited about? Now, I guess I'll start. Is I'm looking for the, the pitchers like your Justin Steele, your Keegan Thompson, um, to – Keep learning the league. Keep figuring out how to miss baseball bats with their with their balls they pitch. And I'm also looking for specifically Christopher Morell to uh, do the same, learn the league, but also to continue to be to play his way onto the future of this Cubs team. And the last thing I'm looking for is for also say a Suzuki to go off. I need Seiya Suzuki to hit like 500 one month and just like he's like taking in a lot of information and I just need him to now turn that around and go nuts. Those are the four things I'm kind of looking for. Three things, I guess, if you lump in the two pitchers. Um, anybody else got anything? What are you, what are you looking for? What's going to get through you through the rest of this season? Anybody want to unmute and share their feelings? Sure, I'll Should do it. Yeah, go ahead, Mark. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking for continued individual growth, uh, especially from the players that will hopefully be here for years to come. Some of the players that I think of at the top of my head are Nico Horner. Um, if he can con- continues to develop like this, and especially like hit for average while also continuing to you know hit line drives, which he's done a lot more this year, and continue to be a good defender, that's great. Keegan Thompson, Justin Steele, if they can end up being back of the end uh, rotation starters for the next couple years, that's going to help Jed a lot because then if you just go into the offseason asking for or trying to sign just one of the top starters available, that puts a lot less pressure on the team. And then I'm looking for, yeah, guys like Christopher Morell, Nelson Velasquez, uh, any of those guys that come up from the minors. Uh, Maybe uh, potential uh, hitters in the lineup or bench players. I just want to see guys step up. Same thing with Saya. I think, I mean, he's definitely going to be on the team because we signed him for five years. But yeah, I mean, if he can hit for power, then I'm going to feel a lot better about uh, him being in the, the right fielder for the next few years. Yeah, well said. Uh, anybody else have anything different than that? That something that you're looking for? Uh, to get well, what what are you going to do to get through the rest of the season? <laughs> I know what Bill's going to say. He's like, I'm going to DVR all these games. 
if it looks like a fun one, I'll turn it on. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I mean, basically, you know, mine's all about, uh, you know, st- statistically, I got maybe 12 years left in life, right? If I watch the Cubs, that probably goes down. Yeah. So yeah, you know, I, I still love baseball. I DVR the games. And then when I see how they happen to lose, you know, you know just the stress of watching them leave runners in scoring position and ground into double plays or strike out or whatever. You know, I mean, you, you need some Buddhism in your life, Bill. You need to become Buddha, Bill, like for your last 12 years on earth. <laughs> well, I already represent physical attributes. But, uh... <laughs> exactly. No, I mean, you know, my, the you know, literally mine is like to work on my anger, you know, so, you know, cause I've <laughs> seen some of these guys up at club 400, but it, you know, just when wisdom comes up, when Schwindel comes up, when Bodhi comes up, and I'm looking for them to be the hero, and I know it ain't going to happen, that, that's sucking the joy out of my life right now. Yeah. Well, you should do what makes you happy. So maybe that's why uh, you should continue to uh, – uh, you know what? Just text me, Bill, like how the Cubs doing. I'm like, you know what? Why, why don't you go uh, for a, a nice long right. walk? Don't, don't burn that DVR like, pre- proactively. Yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah but uh no it's like it, it's true like they cause me a lot of stress and sadness and i and as cub fans i think a lot of times we can tend to revel in the misery of the team and almost make fun of ourselves my fear of doing that is uh only that it becomes part of our culture yet once again which is a ship that could have sailed um i think it was it was 2015 and 16 when we decided to step on some necks for a couple of years and actually win some baseball games, like a lot of them, and uh, enjoy our summer. I don't think we should accept going back. Um, I think we should, even though we can be excited about young, cheap players like Morrell, we should never be excited that Ricketts is saving any money. <laughs> and he should always put – you should always – I wish we had a uh, – a team like Uncle Mike's team with the, like the Mets spending with a billionaire looking to make a splash in New York City and uh, you know I would take I, Max Scherzer forty million in in a Cubs uniform this year that would be a lot of fun I know it doesn't make any sense but, but hey I'm here for entertainment not for making sense you know so um, why don't we wrap it up there. Um, as, as, if we're not going to make any sense, might as well go off on that note because this season certainly does not. Um, thanks for all that tuned in. I love I love these spaces. It's I love talking to you guys. Uh, I love um, Cubs fans pretty much in general. We're going to have a ranter roundtable on uh, Thursday uh, from seven to nine Central Time. We've already got a ton of. Uh, of different uh, special guests. Dom, uh, the director of morale, is coming on. Michael Cerami is going to come by. Infield Fly Girl is going to be there. Uh, so we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to launch the second half, hopefully in a positive way. Um, and uh, I don't know. I th- just think it's – I think there's something to look for. There's some, some way we can enjoy the rest of this season, even if it's not <laughs> a memorable season, maybe for the wrong reasons, but it's not going to be a memorable season for the right reasons. But I think uh, we could still have a good time uh, as Cub fans, bringing ourselves together, making, educating ourselves, 
maybe raising some money for charity here and there, rocking out to the Bleacher Bum Band and, you know, shit like that. Or hanging out in these Cubs chats and just getting to know each other. So very cool stuff. I, I will uh, let Andy Wells come in here and give the last word on it because he requested to speak. Andy. Andy. Andy, unmute yourself and uh, say what you had to say. I'm giving you the last word here. I think he didn't mean to do it. Well, on that end, uh, I'm going to press end. All right. Bye, everybody. Uh, Happy Sunday. Happy All-Star break. We'll get him next time. Looked bad for the Cubs. We were down three to one. But this year was our year. Took a long time to come. Took game five at Wrigley. Headed back to Cleveland. Cause this year was our year. Took a long time to come. And I won't forget how you came back while rain was falling down. The championship, what Haywood said. In the locker room, gave you the strength to play on. Now we're there, and we've only just begun. Cause this year was our year, took a long time to come. In the top of the tenth, the Cubbies scored two runs. Cause this year was our year, took a long time to come. No more Billy Goat curses or blaming Bartman. Cause this year was our year, took a long time to come. And I won't forget how you came back while rain was falling down. The championship, what Haywood said in the locker room, gave you the strength to play on. Now we're just begun cause this year was our year took a long time to come and we've only just begun cause next year is our year we don't only The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring... The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.